the Paul Williams and Tracy Jackson podcast. Inspiration, enlightenment, and insight on how to get what you want and how to keep it. We could have been anything that we wanted to be. And it's not too late to change it. We'd be delighted to give it some thought. Maybe you'll agree that we really ought to. And now, here are your hosts, Paul Williams and Tracy Jackson. Well, good morning, Tracy. Good morning, Paul. Are you awake? I'm awake, but I'm also, you know, I can sense there's change in the air. The fall is it's fall in Southern California, which means we're going to go from 72 to 71. You know? Or maybe 75 to 78, because actually yeah. it's hotter in California in the fall. Yeah, you it actually that? does, yeah. Thanksgiving is, you know, it never feels like Thanksgiving can if we, you base it on the weather. Can we not talk about Thanksgiving? We're just, ba- we're just summer's over a week. Yeah, but I think about the food. I love Thanksgiving's my Thanksgiving is my favorite ho- holiday of, of all of them. Uh, probably my least favorite would be Halloween. And what else? Yeah, exactly Halloween. I do I don't This love... is what we're talking about? We're talking about Halloween and Thanksgiving? Well, well, you know, it's a little early, so, you know. Uh, so that's where you went? You that's went to where Thanksgiving? I went. Well, you, when we sat down, you were talking about the fact that Lucy's going to go back to school, that summer's over. Lucy is going back to Lucy's back at school. Summer's over. See, but I still think, which is really strange, considering I didn't like school and I was almost never in school and I, didn't, I barely graduated from school, I still think in terms of school years. I never think a year is January 1st to January 1st. You think? I I always think the new year is September. And maybe it's the back-to-school shopping, it's new clothes, it's like binders, it's pens. It's But when I think of new starts... You think of shopping. <laughs> you think, of, think you know, shopping. when you think of people in, that are going to the hospital, you think of shopping, shopping. things to take to them. Yes. If you think about somebody coming out of rehab, you think about buying books for, you know... Yes, you maybe, have, maybe our book, Gratitude and Trust. Oh, that would be a lovely uh, idea. But, but I, Which is incidentally back on the... Bestseller list. Yes, it is. It's back How on exciting the, is that? It's pretty exciting. So maybe people could put that in their book bag. You know, if, if you have... Something if you have needs lo- to change, and it's probably you. If so you, change if you have, by the book. If you have not the life-threatening disease of addiction or alcoholism, but if you have a, a life-limiting habits... Gratitude and trust can, can can work for you. Six affirmations that'll change your life. Do you know what I am addicted to? I have to own it. I own it. I'm going to own it. Go ahead. And not shopping. Oh, yeah, shopping. Okay, but aside from shopping, I am so addicted to coffee. It really, I, it, I mean, I'm look at this side. I, it, I, it, not all day. It's just if I don't have this liquid in the morning, yeah, I don't function. But you're it's really... eight o'clock right now. I have not had enough. Maybe I sound like that. Maybe I'll forget what I'm saying. I don't know. Soon I'll like go into the zone. But it's really a problem. Or it's not because oh, it's, it's not going to kill well, me. Excuse but... me. I mean, you're talking to an alcoholic. I mean, yes, a recovering alcoholic with 25 years. But uh, but addiction is you will t- you're sitting there with an iced coffee that will last until 2 o'clock in the afternoon, which is horrific and unnatural. Why? I mean, because when I drank, I drank. You leave a half a glass of wine. It makes me crazy. When I drank, I drank everything until it was gone. And then I would find out what I did the next day. Are you, you almost know? done with your coffee now? Almost done with this first And how long will I have this coffee? I know, you'll have it forever. I like that. Well, you not know? forever. It'd be disgusting. I will probably have it until at least one in the afternoon. You know what? What? <sighs> we already guessed today. Who is an, an amazingly 
I mean, the layers of the of the the man that this is, Jason Raz, a great singer, a great songwriter. He's cute too. He's cute. He is cute. And, cute. and he, as you can see, he dresses. He does, he would never wear this shirt. He that might. I'm wearing, you, know. you never know. We should take a picture of me in this shirt. Well, he's very green. You know, he also he probably his clothing a lot of it maybe made from. You know, natural materials that yeah. are recycled and Himalayan goat shirts. Uh, you're talking about that was a joke I made before. Now you take you can't take jokes I make in like before we go on the mic and then steal them from me. That's plagiarism. I know I just did it though. But you can't plagiarize my jokes. And all right, and I wrote Rainbow Connection. Okay. Okay, you can. Yeah, all right. I did. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? That was my. Why are there line. so many songs about shopping? <laughs> is what it would be if you wrote it. Yeah, that was her line. It's very funny. But I, can I talk about? Did I did tell you about that? My favorite text ever was from you yesterday. I can say And that I again. wrote you. You said, I'm standing in front of Oscar de la Renta holding your coffee. <laughs> <laughs> that went to me. I got home. I hadn't seen it because I didn't know. Because when I was inside doing some other shopping and you went to get my coffee. And then I got home and I saw the text. And I thought, this is my perfect Paul Williams text. I'm standing in front of Oscar de la Renta holding your coffee. And my favorite, I'm saving that forever, <laughs> My favorite text from you. Well, there was one that I won't talk about in the air that was really interesting. But, the, <laughs> okay. but, but there was one that is probably my favorite is the one about when you sent the picture of, of the the book and, and number two bestseller in the airport. Just absolutely, I screeched and I was on an airplane. And, you know, for a 74-year-old man you know, to screech and for class they've they've made me go sit in the back of the airplane so god you know you're gonna be 75 next week yeah yeah paul yeah say again next week what's that 75 you you next week oh 75 you're gonna be 75 years old next week i know it and and i and i dress like a 12 year old so what can i tell you anyway let's roll on my husband's gonna be 60 happy birthday to my husband oh yeah glenn is 60 wow yeah glenn's 60 you're 75 yeah God, I so both of you, I guess, we go to the movies. We all go to the movies. You all go to the seniors. Ooh. Ooh. Well, welcome to uh, Podcast One, Gratitude and Trust Podcast One. And every now and then, somebody will, will come into this room that, that is just, is so, such a, feels like such a great fit. You know, I think this may be the best fit this yet. This is probably the best fit I ever, think some you know. of our gratitude and trust people are wondering where we were going, and today we're going to reel them back to our roots you in know, every we've, way. We've had people that were huge fans of coming. We had just had Billy Bob Thornton, and we've had, mm-hmm. you know, we had Penn Jillian. It was some great people that we've, and we've talked to. And crazy people. Richard Lewis, who's wonderful and funny. Yeah, exactly. and, mm-hmm. But today we have you. And in my world, in my, as, as, you know, as, as a musoid poison... And as a spiritual poison, whatever, and all these little kind of poly, little, little poly chambers that make up me. <laughs> this gentleman is uh, is iconic and already at this young age is already iconic. Just an amazing. If 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 you want if you want to listen to one song, to 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 just celebrate this man, listen to Beautiful Mess. Listen to. Uh, yeah. Do you want to introduce him, Paul? Oh, what's his name over here? Welcome, Jason Mraz. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Paul's like carrying. I love this about Paul. Jason. Paul would just start carrying on about like his career and stuff. He'll forget that someone else is sitting here. <laughs> We're really happy to have you here. Thank you really you very are. Much. You 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 are a walking embodiment of gratitude and trust and giving back to the planet and 
in so many ways. So thank you. We're really lucky. Well, today. it is a practice. You know, I'm not always a walking embodiment of gratitude and trust. It's a it's an ongoing practice. All of our life, I believe, is a practice. You, you said at one point, I think that you basically wake up slowly. That you don't always wake up this you know the, this elevated uh, spiritual giant. You know, oh, definitely. You know the 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 bare feet on the. Are you actually right about the bare feet on the floor or whatever? You're headed for the kitchen, and it can be a little cranky sometimes. Absolutely. She is that way. I have observed as well. Oh, and you're not? No, I wake up charming. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll go with that. Let's go to, but Jason, when you do wake up, like we all do, because there are days you just, there, you know, there are days you just, and for no reason you just wake up and maybe you're anxious or maybe you're just not hap- as happy as you were the day before. Sure. What's your mantra? What do you do on the days that you're not right in the zone? How do you take Jason back to the zone? And what is the zone? Wow. Well, it's it's different every day. And it really is. And whether it's maybe I got up just a little bit late and that throws my whole morning off, or maybe I'm suffering from a, a something I did the day before, my muscles are sore, or uh, who knows. But there are many reasons, as you say. Um, Mantras don't actually come to me immediately. Um, I usually do some form of yoga, some form of stretching, a forward fold, breathing exercise. That allows my brain to just come to the present and slowly just start to feel, just push away whatever it is that might be weighing me down. Um, if I can't get my brain to turn off, I'll journal. I'll go get my tea or my coffee and I'll sit on the front stoop and um, I'll just journal for five, 10 minutes. And then that really gets me going and brings me back to who I feel I am um, and not who my mind says I am. Mm. Um, And then if that's still not working, I just start doing my chores. And once I start doing my chores and and where I live, it's, you know, I'm watering things, I'm feeding animals, um, I'm tidying up the house, I'm being of service to my beloved, my gal. And uh, as soon as I start to be of service to something else, then I really slip into the zone. I will live my life in love and service, gratitude and trust. If that's not a fit, I mean, that's not It really is true when you start to, and we tell people that all the time, when you start doing stuff for other, or, you know, even like you say, like your animals. You know, there's something about just... Definitely. I I give my dogs biscuits in the morning, and it's like, it's just in there, it's a weird thing. No matter what my mind is, I go in the kitchen, and they're all like, they run to the biscuits, you know, they like, and they just stare at me in that way. You go, if I don't take care of these creatures, they're not okay, and that puts you, it's, I know it's simple, and it probably sounds lame but it does work it yeah, there's something then, about then, it then there's the side of the poly Lama side of life you know where you I wake up in the morning and my cats treat me like staff uh-huh. where it's like you know and, and there's probably there's something in, in in who I am and what I need to work through that my cat is, is serving right now because as the more I love her the more I try to hold on to her squeeze the kitty the more distant she becomes so there's a life lesson in that do you yeah. meditate I have four cats I do meditate yes every day um, not every day uh, meditation I recently took um, yoga teacher certification school Whoa. and in that we got meditation training so it's very new to me to actually formally sit down and meditate prior to that I would use music as meditation yoga as meditation surfing as meditation cycling as meditation walking as meditation um, meditation being um, focusing on the present moment 
And formal meditation, what I've learned, is even more of a challenge um, because just to simply sit down and concentrate on something until you start to get information back from it, until you become it, um, is is a dance. It's a beautiful dance, but it's not something I'd sit down and do every day. I'm a it's, busy guy. It's really. It's also really hard. I, I've been working on meditation now for 20 years. And I'm not good at it at mm. all. And I have. A, and I this morning I sat and used your brain. It's so amazing sure. to watch. And I got this machine actually on Amazon because we talk about Amazon here, called the Muse. And it's a, it, you put it on your head like a headset, and mm. it charts your brain waves. And when it feels your brain waves wander, it sends in a sound that takes it back, and then it charts. It's the most amazing thing. And it actually, when you use it, it keeps you on target. And then at the end of the session, and it keeps building up your session minute by minute each day. It sh- if you get like little hummingbirds, if you've if you stay in one place long which is complete and total neutrality it gives you this signal that you're neutral and you get the end and it finds you it, it draws your brain back wow it's and, and you get and you will like this it gives you ocean waves to take you back to neutrality okay and it's it and then it gives you like high and trees that are rustling means that you're you know your, your brain's wandering and your mind's wandering it's very cool okay and, but it's in it and it uses sound and i know you think that sound you know your relationship to sound sure. which is which is very profound so it's yeah that's what i use but it is interesting it's a whole interesting there's a quote on 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 the the uh on your your website from uh uh Geshe michael roach it is, is uh, we must become experts at the intellectual management of our mental seeds from now on, we need to be careful only to plant good new seeds and never negative ones. It rolls back to the I am, the fact that, you know, that the, the controlling our thoughts becomes just a, becomes the, kind of the headwaters of our day, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, because I can race off on that negative thinking if I let myself. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I stumbled on to uh, the teachings of... Um, um, Matthew and Tiercy's Inglehart, and they're the founders of Cafe Gratitude here in Los Angeles and in the Bay Area. And I found them just because I was a customer in their restaurant in the Bay Area in 2008, 2007, 2008. And they, all the menu names were affirmation names. I am loving, I am warm-hearted, I am humble. So when you order your food, you say, well, I am humble, I am warm-hearted, I am loving. Mm-hmm. And then the waiter comes back and he says, you are humble, you are loving. And, and so you just in this short time, you get to experience um, affirming it into the, into the cosmos and it coming back to you and someone telling you, you are just that. And it was a subtle moment that, that, that shifted my attitude in life. And I began to, to look at where I was thinking negatively, um, where I was singing negatively. And I began to shift in my journal, in my songwriting, and in my day-to-day life, how I was communicating with others, and most importantly, with myself. I learned that life is the experience I'm going to have as a result of my thoughts, my speech, my actions, my attitudes. And um, it was really up to me to decide whether my day was going to be happy or not. Even if I wasn't experiencing happiness, I could say I am happy, which draws a circle in the sand and basically allows me to step into that experience of happiness. Sanctuary. Yeah. Yeah, sanctuary. Yeah. 
and you give a little love and it all comes back to you because once you once you have that home base to operate from you know you can, I don't think you can be grateful and, and loving at the at the same time that you're going to be afraid or angry so oh, what yeah. you project to the rest of the world immediately becomes something that is going to affect the world around you in a positive and sweeter way and sure. I love I love sweet you know yeah I like sweet people sweet stuff in my mouth Captain like Sweet Captain Me Sweet too. yeah Jason how do you balance I think people would really want to know that how do you balance the extreme fame that you have for your work and your music and the, and the, i'm sure what happens you know quite often a very frenetic schedule when you're traveling and you're recording and you're going from here to there how do you balance that with which sounds like this very grounded normal almost mayberry existence you've uh-huh. been able to create for sure. yourself i mean that's an that's a very it's an unusual combination and well, um, naivete, um, being naive, I think is what's helped me stay grounded. So, um, I guess I never believed that I would have success in world fame and I didn't buy into tabloids and I didn't let my ego run crazy when I lived in LA for a short time. Um, I moved back to San Diego almost immediately after I established some notoriety and I use San Diego as a retreat between tours. Um, as as tours and, and everything picked up, I, I, I just viewed that as um, a gift. And I showed up every day as like, wow, I get to do this with, with awe and with gratitude. To, because I thought at any point this could all go away. All these fans, all these tours, they could just immediately go away. And I will need to have a home or a local coffee shop where I can play music. So I don't want to burn my bridges. I never wanted to cut off my roots. The thing that I have to balance on a day-to-day basis are the surprises, so the things that aren't scripted. Because a tour is very scheduled. I know exactly where I'm going to be. I know exactly when I'm going to do yoga. I know exactly when I'm going to warm up, eat, sing, the end. What what is tough is when you walk in down the street and somebody stops you and says, "I'm doing a fundraiser. Can you play it?" And then the next, then the phone rings and it says, "I'm doing a fundraiser. Can you play it?" Or or I have a thing I want you to help me promote, and that becomes very overwhelming. And I think that's what life for most people is is an experience of of things coming at you that you didn't plan on that you understanding also that taking care of yourself is not being selfish. You know, true. That, that to be able to say no, and and to to give yourself permission to say no when you need to is a, is for some of us is 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 difficult. Very I would imagine difficult. for you it's tough. It's is it hard for you to say no. Tough. My last album was called Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, my next album, I think I'm going to call it No. K N O W. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, as I'm well. learning to say no, I, I've learned that no just means not right now. Mm. It doesn't mean no. I hate you. Get out of my face. Yeah. It means not right now. Unfortunately, I'm unable to to participate. To, so that's to, how I stay balanced. I take a breath and I do my best to say not right now. Do you? Find that living in San Diego helps enormously that you're not surrounded by all of the frou-frou <sighs> goo-ha-ha of LA and, and what it brings with it? 
Definitely. The farm. Oh, you call it the farm. I, I do. I call it the Moranch. The Moranch. The Moranch. The Moranch. Well, I went yeah. to the Moranch to spend an a- right. afternoon with, with, right. with Jason. We, we recorded there together. And, and the, the two things that occurred to me as I sit here listening to you speak, one is that the, 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 the Moranch is, of course, a huge part of, of maintaining this sense of, of a you know, safe home base and all. But the other thing that you were talking about so lovingly and uh, I'm, uh, with no sense of it being a part of your past, you talk about singing in a coffee shop mm-hmm. and I think that that joy of of of, of creating you know, your music sharing it at that level has not has not diminished mm-hmm. and I don't think that it's I don't think that you've you've you know kind of divided it into the I did that then and now I'm playing to these huge stadiums and all and all but I think that your your relationship to making the music feels like it stayed the same yes well for me my experience in the music could be you know in a coffee shop or in a large venue Um, it's it's honestly I have no preference as long as I have that opportunity to communicate with the divine and that's what I think singing is it's to basically yoke yourself to yoga yourself into that present moment when you're singing you can't be too far you can't be in the future and you can't be in the past you can only be in the moment you can only align your breath with that lyric and that where that melody is currently at, and it's a and it's a fantastic place to be, as you know. Oh yeah. And um, so, uh, when I'm not touring, I can't wait for there to be ticket sales and a and a schedule. I sometimes I need I need I desire to be locked in to some kind of a song or experience because the rest of the world fades away when I do that. Do you go back to the coffee shop and sing still? I do. And there's several in San Diego that that still welcome, uh, you know, all walks and and have music nights several nights a week. So it's available for us. And you're not afraid if it all goes away? Well, the career? No, and it probably won't. But what I'm saying is, you know, it's interesting because we interviewed Pendulette last Mm week. And he talked about how there had been a time when he and... Uh, Taylor were watching an, an old comedy act who were then relegated to the, the lounge from the main room. Mm. And that they both agreed that when their time came that they probably would, you know, because careers do ebb and flow, mm. that when they went back, they were fine with that. Oh. And as long as they were doing what they loved to do, which is, they, exactly. you know, in, in a weird way, you know, you started in coffee shops. Mm-hmm. They started in carnivals. Mm. They, if they went back to carnivals, it didn't matter. It did, they didn't plan on the fame. It's the love of the magic. That's For right. you, it's the love of the singing. And I think so many people go into performing just to be famous, just to be rich. And the whole experience of the gift of what you have gets lost in that. Absolutely. And you seem to be unable to hold on to that purity really powerfully. Uh, well, I was lucky to have the music at a young age and feel what a gift that was. And everything that, that, that happens with the fame is is somewhat, sometimes it distracts you from the real gift, as you just said. So, so yeah, I, I, don't, I don't want the music to ever go away. But fame is very loud. Fame is also... Fame is too loud. You know, very noisy, very interruptive, as, yes. as, as all the good things that come with it. And for yeah. some of us, an addiction, because if you look at Paul Williams in the... As the way I talk about this, Paul Williams in the 80s, I'm, I, I became a, you know better at showing off than showing up, that if you plop down a ca- couch and a camera, I was there. And from, you know, I was so different for so long to all of a sudden be treated as if I was... At least, I, and I think so many of us feel we're different... And then have all that attention was just totally addicting for me. Mm. 
and uh, my my craft suffered, my art suffered, my my music suffered. It, it, you know, and certainly my family and everybody around me. You know, as 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 at one point the other addictions outran that one, and 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 all of a sudden I was led to a place where I had to change my life. Something needed to change, and it was me. But you've got you've got your head on really beautifully straight from letter A. It seems like Thank and the you. earth. Jason, in the earth, you care yeah. a lot about the earth, yeah, and you give back a lot to the earth. I do, yeah, I try. I, I, um, I started eating better um, around 2008. I started wanted to take care of myself, and so as I noticed how to be responsible for the food I was eating. I also, at the same time, began to be, take responsibility for the thoughts that I was eating yes. as well, the information I was consuming. Um, and then eventually, as I saw myself traveling and just um, all the waste that happens when you tour, um, I got people off plastic water bottles on a tour. We put us on biofuel. Um, eventually, we started planting trees to offset our flights. Um, we have fans that rally to help us plant these trees and do do good deeds at elementary schools and community gardens and whatnot. Um, in my personal time too, I'm an advocate for just trying to leave the world better than we found it. It's the the planet itself is going to be here a lot longer than us. Yeah. It's really about us, you know. I'm I like to do good things for the planet because I'm hoping that there's another generation or two behind us that can enjoy this place. At least a couple. At so, least so a couple. Kiss the couple. kiss the group. Kiss the ground. Kiss the ground. Kiss the ground. Kiss the ground is your that's but that's your the name of your. Uh, I'm helping out with kiss the ground. Yeah, I mean I have my own foundation and I have many arms in that in the foundation. Kiss the ground is one that's currently close to my heart because um, it's about gratitude. It's about getting on your knees and kissing the ground. Thank you. Saving seeds. Let's t- I'm a total neophyte at this. You have and to the soils me. and the soil stories. So okay, th- those two. Right? So the biggest one right now for for me for kiss the ground and what we're doing is the soil. Um, it is all the carbon in the atmosphere that's causing global warming. Right. It's it's there's never been more or less carbon in our lifetime. It's just been accidentally mined out of the fossil layer and out of the soils. And now it's in the atmosphere, the sky, and it's falling into our seas and creating acidification and killing the oceans. And we have an opportunity to sequester that carbon, pull the carbon out of the atmosphere and put it back into the ground. And we can do that simply by changing our farming practices. And it also means changing our buying practices as consumers. Um, And so by farming organically and regeneratively using compost, in many cities we have recycling and waste, but we don't have composting programs. If we can get composting going, it'll it will remarkably create a feedback loop that will suck the carbon back in, and we can re- reverse carb- uh, climate change simply through our farming practices. And it also helps the California drought, doesn't Big it? Big time. Well, the healthier the soil, the more water that you can hold, and the the less heat you're going to have, and the more dense densely green gr- grasses and weeds and plants you're going to grow. So it, it all it just it's basically to help restore the balance. Right now, many farmers use chemicals. Their 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 soil actually looks like dust and dirt. It doesn't have any moisture in it, and so this goal, and 
talking about it right now. There's currently a bill, and the governor of California supports it. Um, we're just trying to get um, petition to just show the governor our support because there's 160 million ready to uh, allocate to and a soil building initiative in California. We just want to see that that actually goes through. Listeners, go out there and find Soil Story online mm-hmm. and sign the petition. There's a wonderful video that you've done. Yeah. And you can sign the petition. And it's, I'm come from Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, yeah. you know, I was just came back yesterday. I was up there visiting my mother. It It's so brown. It's mm. so sad to mm-hmm. see what the state looks like There's now. No, I mean, is there, no is no water water. there is no, no water. water in, in Montecito. There is no water in Montecito. And, you know, people can say, oh, those are just big houses that are with, you know, brown lawns now. But it goes so much further than that. I mean, if a bad fire happens in the oh, state, yeah. it's going to be a disaster mm-hmm. bigger than it would normally be. And San Diego's the same way, right? San Diego's very dry. It's getting it's there. It's getting really dry. So mm-hmm. it is, I mean, if, when, you know, when you see this and you realize that we all can take a part you know, even if it's a small part Absolutely. and you know every a lot of small parts end up being a big part Absolutely because there's going to be a lot of different pieces to this saving the planet puzzle and we can all do small parts that help us move forward Yesterday on a flight back from from Nashville I I, I flew from Nashville to Dallas Dallas to, to to LA on the Dallas to LA leg of my flight I'm sitting next to a gentleman who said we start talking about what he's doing which is it, and essentially he's doing work with the oceans around the world and it has something to do with it. eventually he wound up in in providing food for aquariums and all but he he does he, he's he's interested in the health of the waters and all so we started talking talking about this huge Texas-sized island of, of, of plastic. That, yeah. that, and he said, have you heard about the young man, supposedly in his 20s, who has formulated, I don't know if you've heard about this or not, but has formulated a plan and so several boats that are, good, that are putting them together to go and find a way to mine that plastic to wide, a, a way to actually, you know, to, to, to approach that. And I said, is it really that huge? He said, oh, yeah, it's that huge. It, it's, it's the size of Texas, and it's out there, and it's all plastic. But this young man of 20 has, has found a way that they can, in fact, go out on boats and mine the plastic. Has anybody heard of that? And use it for building recycle materials? Recycle it? I don't know. I, mm. I have no idea. Beyond All I know is what I heard from, mm. from the guy next to me in the flight I, I know. When you look at these, you know, when you look at this mm-hmm. and how many a day. Sure. I mean, I see, because I, I, I normally do that. You've got, I'm going to take a picture. You've got your cup here. You yeah. walk everywhere so with your cup. Let's I have talk a hot, about Yeah, I have a hot cup and I have a cold cup um, that I've traveled with. I've had this for eight years, the same cup. And I have cold cups um, that keep me from having to um, rely on plastic. Because what I notice, what I noticed real quick, and you still see it in the entertainment industry, is they'll bring in a case of bottled water. Everybody gets one. And if you drink half and sit it down, you look back at the table and there's six yeah. bottles and you don't and know, know which, which one, one is right. yours. So you, so you go one. get another one and there's, there's wasted water and there's wasted plastic. And to go on on that plastic thing, I find this really trippy. Is the plastic bottles, all plastic things, are made of plastic polymers. These like little just beads of plastic. That's how everything originates. These little polymers. And once things hit the water, they break down, and they turn into these little plastic pellets again. That are eaten by. That are eaten. Well, at the moment, who knows? But this is really the only way that we'll ever be able to. 
to use this plastic is an animal will have to evolve that yeah. can actually use the plastic as a food. So in 10,000 years... His fur will be Velcro. Absolutely. Velcro, Velcro fur. <laughs> and you'll be these plastic parted, you know, with plastic parts. These fish will be using this. Let uh, me describe for the people. But people don't really like to... I don't know, but, but people, when I use... I normally have a plastic, a cold cup with me. I'm, I'm traveling, so I don't have it. Mm-hmm. But when you go into a lot of coffee places, mm-hmm. they look at you kind of strangely when you want to do that. Oh, really? I find that. I think they go, I mean, I don't, maybe San Diego is Let better about just, it. I live in New York. But okay. they, you take your coffee and you give it to them and they go, what do you want me to do? And I go, I want you to put the coffee in there, charge me whatever you'd call, you know, sure. for the size and put some ice and almond milk and then give it to me. I don't yeah. want your, one of your plastic cups. It's very Great. nice of you. But, and they kind of like shake their head and sometimes they don't. It's really interesting how the, the mentality isn't that most people do that. Right. You know, and they don't, they really, they don't want to take part, though they sell them half the time there. Right. It's a very, I'm, it's, I'm always trying to kind but of beg. But we can, we can influence their, their we thinking can. by we bringing can. them Jason Raz on That's right. I actually use them, um, I actually use an accent when I do what you just described. When I go to a coffee shop with my own cup or I go somewhere where I need water, I say, may I please have some water? Or I say, may I please just have a coffee refill, please? <laughs> because I think I make up that they're so delighted by this traveler that I should give him his coffee. Let me describe the coffee cup. Jason's coffee cup looks like it looks it. like a tiny version of the, the Mercury capsule. It's the exact shape of the Mercury capsule. And the fact is, it is as future think as those astronauts were. Uh, it, it, the fact is that he's considering this, this planet with the same kind of excitement of, of rebuilding a planet that is uh, that is a remarkable place to live as they thought of getting to where what uh, did you just say know, you just, just wandering, like wandered I'm on this, wandering I like about the mercury program you went, well, you went so but you know the coffee actually the thing about these cups and the thing about the cold ones and, he, and the hot incidentally, ones he did appreciate my I did river. this your, your has ramp? traveled as much as the mercury rover this I'm thing gonna take, or I'm going to take a bigger close up and we're going to put no but the thing about these cups and I don't think people realize it and you can back me up Jay a in the hot cups, your coffee stays hotter, hotter much longer. Oh yeah. And in iced coffee, which I drink, like I I walk around all day with one iced coffee, mm-hmm. it stays cold for like four hours. I can keep the ice in there. Amazing. I can keep it's you know yeah. people. So people, you will enjoy your drip beverages longer yeah. at the temperature you want, yeah. and you will save the planet. Everybody listening to this podcast, go out there and get yourself. A hot cup and a cold cup. It's time. And just keep it in your car. Keep it in your bag. Rinse it out at night. Yep. You're gonna it, thousands and millions of cups will be saved. It's yeah. a little thing, but it's a big thing. And if you're traveling, especially if you're traveling with a family, you take your cups through security, empty, and when you get to the other side, most airports now have refill stations where you can refill your water bottle, or you can go then to a vendor and get fresh hot water or get your coffee refilled. So when was the last time Jason Mraz used a plastic bottle or a paper cup or something man it's been a long time i don't know so will you out and out refuse to do it then i mean will you like if most of the time i'll refuse it unless i'm in you know some crazy third world country where there's just no water available and you have to buy it um uh yeah i made this hot bev in san diego at 8 30 this morning when i left my house and it's still warm so it's got a little warm to it. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's tea. It's hot tea. The first time that one of the, when we first met, we first became friends. You were heavily involved with with the the surf, you know, the the injured oh. surfer. Uh, uh, what is the name of this organization? One more time. It's life rolls on. Life rolls on. Tell us, yeah. tell, tell us a little bit about that amazing organization. It's like time goes on. Your song, Polly. 
Life's been worse. Time's been worse. Friends all gone. Don't you get crazy. Life goes on and on. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, this is life rolls on. Uh, my good buddy Jesse Billauer, when he was 17 years old, he was uh, injured in a surfing accident. I met him as well. Uh, the wave crashed down on his back. His head hit the sandbar and he broke his neck and he went paralyzed from the neck down. And uh, only within a few years, he was back uh, in the water surfing. He's, he's an adaptive surfer, and he's pretty much pioneered an entire adaptive surfing sport. And he has life rolls on where he helps people with disabilities, um, whether you've had accidents or you're born into your disabilities. Um, gets them back, gets them motivated, gets them either surfing, skating, snowboarding, or if you just want to go fishing, you just need a little motivation in your life, Life Rolls On is there to do that for you. I went to a, a great concert that you did for Life Rolls On, it was, mm. and then he was there as well and, and talked about the work you guys are doing, and I've seen some footage of, of injured surfers back on the water enjoying yeah. the, 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 the waves again with, yeah. with a little assistance. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, Talk it's about your relationship to surfing, your surf, because that's a big part of your life. Uh, it, yeah, it has been. Um, and it's similar to music, because once you once you drop in, you know, once you start singing the song, or once you drop into the wave, you can't go back, you know. <laughs> and you only want to stay in the moment to try to get through it, you know, to try to. And you're and when you're on the wave, you're so connected. You're connected with this energy, this wave that may have started a thousand miles out at sea and traveled all this way and now for the last seconds of its life you get to align yourself with it and what i feel defy physics and and dance with it you know and create this beautiful little dance you are a glorious romantic oh you thanks. are a glorious romantic and yeah. more and more and more you know it's just it's so healthy it's so you know it's so healthy so I'm afraid of, I'm not comfortable in the water. I joke that I don't even like to take a shower alone. Oh. I just, you know, I was one of those people who was spoiled by Jaws. Mm-hmm. You I won't get even it. get in my pool when you come out and visit me in the country. Well, I'm yeah. just, you know, I, you know we all have areas of, where there's a little growth ahead of us. That's one of the areas where I need to set aside that fear, recognize that it is it's, that it's doing me no good, something needs to change, and it's probably Polly. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, you'll do the ALS challenge this yeah. weekend. You'll get water dumped on you. Yeah. Okay, okay. Mm. That's, I'm good with that. All right. I'm good with that and all. Yeah. Something needs to change, and it's probably Paulie. Yeah. Jason, would you read our affirmations yes. of person? Of, because we haven't, we've ever, I don't know that we've ever actually read these on the podcast, and I, I think, think Jason Mraz well, doing them in his voice yeah. is going to be really well, awesome. Paul's actually hit a few of them today, so we'll, we'll start with the one he just said. Something needs to change, and it's probably me. We all have that one, don't we? Definitely. Um, I find that in my relationship with my beloved, I call her my beloved. We're not married yet, um, but I should start calling her my wife. She's a fantastic woman, Christina. Um, You know, in our relationship, we both feel that we are both 100% 100 responsible for how the relationship goes. So if there's, you know, let's say she scratched the car, you know, I and I get mad, and I this has never happened, but I'm just trying to make up a scenario here. Um, so the Lucy Desi moment. You're doing yeah. a great job. And I get mad at her, this, that, and she starts yelling, well, it's not, wasn't my fault, somebody else. I can stop and say, you know, something needs to change here. It's probably me. I can, I'm 100% responsible for how this relationship is going. And I can apologize to her for that moment. Um, And that goes with any relationship I might have. My sister's bugging me. Why is she bugging? Well, I'm the one that's triggered that I'm the one that makes up that she is bugging me. She doesn't know she's bugging me. She's living her life. Something needs to change. It's probably me. 
So I love that one. Lovely. Yeah. I don't know how to do this, but something inside me does. Yeah, I love that. I call it the big amigo. The big amigo. <laughs> I like that. You know, I don't know how to write songs. I don't. I, I, and I don't know how I'm going to write the next song, but something inside of me does. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know how to surf, but something inside of me did. Exactly. Yeah. yeah you're never alone. You That's are right. never alone. Never alone. If you can share that with the rest of the world, too, I mean, even another human being, if they can give, give them that sense of comfort of you're not alone, you've given them something huge. Absolutely. You don't have to define it for them. Right. Let them find it themselves. And, you know, for listeners who maybe aren't spiritual, who, aren't, who don't think they're spiritual anyway, um, or religious, um, I like to think about, well, if we're not alone, right? Oh, let me, how do I back this up? Something is making my heart beat. I'm not consciously no, thinking, exactly. beat, beat, make it beat, make it beat. I, you know, something is digesting my breakfast. I'm not doing that. Luckily, we don't have to spend time thinking about those things. No. So clearly, we're not alone. Yeah. There is a greater power here that's doing a lot of the heavy lifting on these precious bodies of ours. You have time to go on with life. You that's know, right. I'm sorry I can't finish this song because I'm processing some barks and twigs right now. So, <laughs> exactly. You know. Exactly. I, all right. I will learn from my mistakes and not defend them. Wow. That's a big one. Thank you. That's a big one. I will learn from my mistakes and not defend them. I spent a lot of years defending my, you know, 25 years sober. So if you go back 26, 27 years, okay. you've got somebody who's like, who's, who's trying to come up with a, a reason again and again and again, an excuse for this, an excuse for that, try to keep, you know, control, memorize the lies and all, instead of just going, you know what, I've, I'm a mess and I need help and owning my mistakes is where my life began to improve. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's, the truth is... You don't have to memorize it. It's there. That's right. And there's wisdom in the wound, as, as Oprah says. There's wisdom in the wound. You, you, you make the mistake. That's right. You learn from it. Well, you never learn from doing anything right. I mean, you know, it's, it's wonderful when we do things right, but there's no lesson in doing something right. There's only, lesson in, there's only lessons in doing things wrong. Absolutely. And acknowledging that it's wrong. I think that the biggest problem people have, and that's where the not defending it comes in, sure. is saying, hey, you know what? I screwed up. I'm yeah. human. Yeah. We all screw up every day in, mm-hmm. in some way or another. And it's just going, yeah, that was me. And how can I do it better next time? That's right. All that really matters is that, hey, I'm going to be better tomorrow. Yeah. Or in the next moment. Yeah. I love the enormous amount of humility you receive when you say, you know what? I was wrong. I made a mistake. And in our community, when when we make a mistake, we celebrate those. Like you drop a plate of dishes or something, or you clearly made a mistake in a relationship. You say, I made a mistake. And everyone goes, yay. Yay. Lesson not too (laughs) late for the burden. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I will make right the wrongs I've done wherever possible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Amend. The big part of that word is mend. Mend. Um, We were talking earlier about I am. and those are the two most powerful words in the human language. Whatever you put after I am, we will become. And I was recently sh- uh, turned on to the difference between I am sorry and I apologize. 
And I am sorry is almost making yourself small. It's like, I am sorry, and you hunch over, and you're weak, and it's almost like making an excuse for your pathetic mistake or whatever happened. Whereas I, I apologize is you take on Apollo, you know, the, the, uh, of, Ooh, of mythology. I love that. Who was carrying the weight of the world on his back, and, and you apologize. Mm. You, you, you become as strong as you possibly can. Wow. I never broke that word down like That's that. Beautiful. Never once did I see that. Yeah. And so that, that gives you the strength, and that also makes you less of a sorry person. It makes you available to that person you're apologizing to, to be strong for them in that yeah. moment. Yeah. And be strong for yourself because you're apologizing. It's a great interpretation of that. Yeah. We always like to say there's a, there's a big difference between an, ex- an excuse and an explanation. Mm-hmm. Because when you give someone an excuse... You're not really explaining why you behave badly. Sure. You know, if you, so it's really not an apology. You're going, well, you know, I scratched the car because the guy behind me made a left turn and I, you, you, it's someone else's fault. Mm-hmm. As opposed to maybe I wasn't paying attention. Maybe I was thinking about something else. You know, I was actually, I wasn't in the moment. I wasn't paying attention. I made this happen. Right. And well, I'll go take it to the repair shop and I will get it fixed. I, you know, it's not a big deal. It's only a big deal as we try and excuse things away and not explain why they happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then not explaining them to ourselves. We never really own it because we don't sure. explain it to ourselves. And right. that's a big part of all this is explaining our own behavior and understanding it to ourselves, which I think journaling does too. I've Absolutely. always kept a journal. But journaling, when you see it in black and white, you that's talked right. about your journaling. When you read your own behavior or your own thoughts and emotions, it's really powerful. Yeah. yeah. And it's hard to really lie to yourself in a journal because it's just you. It's your voice just it's like your stream of consciousness that word that term is overused but i think it truly is your stream of consciousness flowing and i even heard that cursive when you're when you're writing in cursive and many of us don't have the greatest cursive but that it that it truly extends from your heart down through your hand and it and it it's your heart language it's your most honest language that you can you can communicate and uh, so, yeah, that that's a wonderful thing. That's why I can't journal. I mean, I've journaled since I was 16, and I can't. And I used to think, well, you know, I'll do this on my computer because I'll be faster, and I'll get up in the morning, and right. I'll use all those apps that you could. I can't journal electronically. Right. I have to, like, you like for some reason, and maybe it's what you're saying mm-hmm. about the heart, and I never had that connection made to me. It has to be written out in mm-hmm. a notebook by me because mm-hmm. a electronic journal doesn't cut it it just feels too automatic and not and too disconnected sure. from what i'm feeling absolutely i agree i love you use cursive and a lyric you've got the best of both worlds you're the kind of girl that could take down a man lift him back up again you're strong but you're needy humble but you're greedy and based on your body language and shoddy cursive i've been reading <laughs> and shoddy cursive i've been reading <laughs> i love that song thank you very um, much it's and it's also one of the most stunning recordings i think of mm. all it's just it's gorgeous thank you um the thrill of a lifetime was was performing that song live with the norwegian radio orchestra Wow. At the Nobel Peace Prize concert oh. in Oslo. <laughs> wow. In well, 2008 or here? 9. It's how on YouTube. And yeah. when I showed up, we played it once in Soundcheck and it was perfect. I couldn't believe, like, all the arrangements and everything. It just worked so perfectly. And then we did it a second time on the air and that was it. Yeah, and well, it's it gorgeous. was gorgeous. magic. It's just gorgeous. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Wow. I will continue to examine my behavior on a daily basis. 
I will continue to examine my behavior on a daily basis. I think journaling is a great way to continue to examine the behavior, certainly, because you, you, you really do show up honestly for yourself when you do that. There's a moment at the end of the day when my head hits the pillow right between sleep and awake. There's this little place that's like a mail slot mm-hmm. where some every now and then a, l- a little bit of a memory will be delivered unto me that is not too pleasant. Where, oh, Jesus, I'll remember something I did. Min- might have been two days ago. Might have been two years ago. Might have been a decade ago. Where suddenly Paulie is fa- facing a memory of something that has not been set right in this world that was really, really nasty or just, just a little off kilter, something that, was, that needs to be fixed. And I deal with it right away. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I get up the next morning. If it's a phone call, if it's if it's a, a, a debt that needs to be repaid, whatever it is. But the, the, we talk about it in the book, developing a practice. And I think Tracy gets into it very specifically in the in, in the book about when you when you your head hits the pillow, take that time to review your day. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to end your day. Take a look at you. What did I do right? Well, you know, when was I of help? You know, when was I of service today? When was I helpful? When was I when was I in the way instead of helping to show the way? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's great. That, it goes hand in hand, really, with make right the wrongs I've done whenever possible. Because when you're, when you are examining your life on a daily basis, yeah. you know then like, and you have a habit of making right the wrongs. You'll then clean that up yeah. as quickly as possible, rather than let it hang around for another decade. And it's heavy, you know. You carry yeah. it around, and it really you brings you down. Sherpa, what is your your line on an emotional Sherpa? You you become an emotional Sherpa. Yeah, Mm. you're carrying all this weight from your past. You're also carrying other people's weight. Sometimes we carry other people's problems and stuff we've done to other people that we know. I think it lives in your DNA. Mm -hmm. I think it just kind of buries itself in you, Mm -hmm. and it can be in a pain in your back, or it could be in your breathing. It could be. It it does it in a lot of different ways. Sometimes obvious, sometimes not. But the other thing, so it's not a downer when you examine your behavior on a daily basis, you also look at the good stuff you've done. Mm. You know, there are those days when you go, hey, that was, I really behaved well under a difficult situation. Oh yeah, you know, they could have pushed my buttons, but no, I stood strong and I was kind. And so it, it, it also lets you give yourself a pat on the back too, sure. you know, That's and great. it sort of eggs you on to be better. Yeah, right. that guy was really a jerk, but you know what? I was good back. That was that was a that was a good move. Yeah. So, well, that's a nice way to fall asleep. Yeah, fall asleep, yeah. proud of proud of your and, day, and in that yeah. bliss, just swimming in how awesome you are. <laughs> next to your beloved. Yeah, next to your beloved. <laughs> oh, life is oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and last affirmation here: I will live my life in love and service, gratitude and trust. That's a great one. I mean, if, if that's, that's an amazing way to live. I will live my life in love and service, gratitude and trust. Well, you Man. do that, Jason. Well, that is my practice. You do. It really is. Yeah, you, you know, do. Gratitude is what keeps me present, and it's, it's, it's my connection to love. Um, uh, trust. You know, I could easily build a fortress around my home. I could easily never turn on my phone thinking that everybody's just going to want something from me. But I trust that no one's out to harm me. I trust that I am capable of answering their requests honestly. I trust that I have the strength to be of service when needed. Um, I trust that I'll still get my chores done. (laughs) You're an old soul. I love that you Mm. call them your chores. 
Well, Where does that come from? Because that's all, you know, chores are always considered like when you're a kid almost, yeah. you know? Have you done your chores? Well, I have chores. Things will perish if I don't do these tasks on a daily basis. Now, what I think people out there listening might think is... Jason Mraz can afford to have someone do his chores for him. You know, you could pay someone to do sure. your chores, right? Sure. And and you could have more surfing time or more... That's right. You know, playing golf. I know you like to play golf, too. You're a sportive guy. But you, you choose not to pay someone to do your chores. Well, there are many levels <clears throat> to these chores. Um, <laughs> and there are many... Some that I that that it's just better for me to do. Plus, I enjoy it. I can see, um, you know, when I get up and I water, you know, some lettuce and kale and some roses and tomatoes and things that are on my front porch. I get to see on a daily basis how they're coming along. You know, when I feed my cats, when I feed my chickens, I know how much food is left in the in the bucket. Um, and so those things really help me stay grounded and know how my household is running. But we also live on a ranch. And we have a few hundred avocado trees and a few thousand coffee trees. And I do have help there. You know, there are chores that I do. I'm watering the coffee right now. But I also have, you know, four students and a foreman. And I have three other guys that work full time that help um, manage my avocado trees. So, yes, I do have a small business where I do pay people to do some of the chores. But I do think it's important to have, um, for me, it's important to have a few chores just to, to maintain my household. No, but a lot of people in your position would not do any chores. So that's that's the part that I think is quite remarkable and quite quite a good lesson for people out there. You don't have kids yet, I don't think. But when you have not kids yet. and you tell them, you know, do your chores, the look you get. Maybe you remember them being a kid. Yeah. Is, you know, getting a kid to do their chores sure. is not easy. And chore sure. is a really, there's a real negative connotation to that word for a lot of people. Like yeah. it's a big... You know, chores, no. Well, I grew up having to wash the dishes after dinner time, and I had to cut the grass once a week. And, and you know, I, if it weren't for music, that probably would be my life. I'd probably be in Virginia with some kind of landscaping business. You know, I would probably... I just always assumed I would have chores, and so maybe gonna, that's why I still have did, and were your And your parents were obviously very good about making you do your chores. Sure, I mean, that was, that was, was part of the go, way yeah. you grew up. When you, were, you're, you're, you grew up in Virginia, did you yeah. not? Yeah, yeah. so... I mean, chores were part of that. Yeah, you're not leaving the kitchen until the dishes are done. You know, we didn't have a dishwasher anyway, so they had to get done, you know. And the grass grows so quickly with all the rainfall and humidity. It's, you know, you can't walk through the yard after two weeks if you don't do it. So, yeah, they they were on it. Plus, I had, you know, I might get... A twenty thrown at me every once in a while if I cut the grass, so that was an incentive. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. oh, I love what you say. Like once in a while, it might be thrown. Kids really expect how much you know. I ask my daughter, how much you can pay me? There's this instant, you know, idea that uh-huh. we, everything gets you get money for doing anything, and it's like, no, right. you know, how about the enjoyment of just you're part of this family right. and you make it work too. You that's know, we right. all have our part. That's right. And that's a big deal. The planet and the planet and that microcosm of the family and doing that chore in the family and making that world work I think bleeds off so you realize you've got to make the world work too the bigger family the family yes. of man Paulie's song right but to make that work and big time big time and my chores and how I was taking care of my little porch in my backyard is really why it overflowed into my touring life and why when we're in Minneapolis we're out there in some park 
cleaning up trash or aerating trees or feeding a garden or whatever it is, it's an extension of what I do in my own home. And so the home really is the best place. You've heard it before, like think globally, but act locally. I mean, that's really it. Think about the world, but do your part in your own backyard. One of the things that I'm very, you know, aware of right now is my daughter recently married her partner, and also I've, you know, I'm trying to step up to the plate to to really become a conscious and, and as as politically as as well as spiritually an ally, you know. Mm. And you were honored by the LGBT community, mm-hmm. and, and you know, this this is 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 I think a time in the world when. It's it's there's a great opportunity to kind of step up to the plate and say how can I make the you know the the rest of the world become a little more comfortable with with what's going on and, and awareness of of equal rights and all yeah but you were honored uh, yeah I uh, that was a nice feeling um, I've been in in the fight you know for many years um, my best friend in high school came out when I was in high school yeah in a town and in a time when I just didn't think that was something you shared. Um, you know, I was, I was called many names f- just for me being me. I was called many names, I was beat up in high school and I thought, man, to come out and declare who you are would be, uh, must be the bravest thing ever. Very brave. Very brave. And I, it just felt natural from that point on that I would do everything in my power if I ever had a platform to um, speak up for anybody who was being treated as a second-class citizen. In 1977, my wife and I took out a full-page ad in Variety that said, Mr. and Mrs. Paul Williams, in response to Anita Bryant's crusade, have stopped drinking dot, 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 orange juice. Anita Bryant was a woman who had this whole campaign that was like she wanted gazed out of the, the school system, not being able to teach, and she was a representative for Florida Orange Juice. Hmm. So it, before my children were born, you know, my daughter's mother and, and I took out an ad supporting you know, gay rights at that point and all. And, and it's as if somewhere in there the, the world was, was whispering to, to us to say, you know, I'll do this and it'll make a difference. 30 years from now or Amazing. whatever, you're going to have a little girl that's going to be given that framed by her, by her, her, new, her new spouse. Amazing. So, uh, so I just, I am, I'm appreciative of your efforts in that for my daughter. Thank you. For, uh, and, and, uh, and her partner, yeah. her spouse. Thank you. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. Yeah, there are many um, people in my community that are definitely celebrating and benefiting from this, from the, the national recognition we just had. And that yeah. the Irish did it before we did. How about that? You know, I mean, it's a solidly Catholic, you know, country. Right. And Argentina as well, I believe. Didn't oh, did they? they? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, they did. I mean, yeah. our Pope comes from Argentina. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Well, pretty cool. Yeah. I, I tweeted out this morning. Um, that you were going to be on, and we have a friend. If anyone wanted to ask you a question, because okay. you know, we, we, having you here now, I have to find it. So, talk amongst yourselves. Oh, here it is. We have a wonderful. We have a Paul, and I have a wonderful little friend. Oh, she's not little. She's a young woman in in Paris, Lou, who's a singer and a songwriter and, and a talented girl. And she wants to know from you. So this is for you, Lou. Bonjour. Bonjour, Lou. Bonjour, Lou. What was the most inspiring, encouraging moment of your career? This is for Lou. Those big ones. What are those big questions? Most inspiring and encouraging moment. You know, I I don't want to dodge the question, but it's, it's really been a series of inspiring and encouraging moments. 
um, you know, one encouraging moment, maybe not super inspiring, but possibly, was when I was 18, I was living in New York City, and I was, I really wasn't going to school, I was going out to Central Park and playing guitar in drum circles, and and I was just, I was able to sing, I didn't have to sit in a classroom and, and then wait for an audition and figure out my life that way, I could just go and immediately immerse myself in music. And a palm reader came around, and I shoved my palm in his face, because I love any type of oracle or anything like that. And he said, youth, youth, and he called me youth. He says, you need experience. You need to avoid the questioner and just go with what you know. And in my head and my heart at that time, I had been saying, well, should I drop out of school? Should I focus on original music? Should I go back to Virginia and just get a regular job and just focus on original music, learn the guitar and write songs? Should I do that? Should I do that? Should I do that? And this man basically came and said, stop asking questions. Just do it. Go with what, go with what you know. Go with your heart. Mm. And then go get experience. And so I really used that as my guide, um, first and foremost. And then from that moment, it was a series of um, guides that the divine or whomever put in my path. I was working at a tobacco shop, not the most inspiring places. I was selling cigarettes and cigars and whatnot. But a gentleman came in who used to tape concerts, and he had his hat rigged up with microphones, and he had dat tapes under his shirt, and he would go out and listen to jam bands, local jam bands all the way up to Bob Dylan, Grateful Dead, Dave Matthews, those kinds of bands. And he'd give me tapes, you know, and that would turn me on to music, turn me on to shows that I could never go to because they were before my time. But he also talked to me about the industry and how certain bands found their niche or found their manager. And so that's how I learned the music business, was sitting in a tobacco shop and talking to this guy who would come in from time to time. You couldn't have planned that. Couldn't have planned that. So that when I did finally listen to my heart and move to California, and I met a manager, I knew what that meant. I knew what the life could be like, what the partnership and the pairing could mean. I didn't get it from a book. Um, And so I could go on and on and on how every year there would be some other sign, some other inspiring moment um, that would would then push me in, or or it would be an acknowledgement or be an opportunity to work with somebody like Paul Williams that would then lift me up. I was like, wow, you mean I'm playing at that level now? That would be the encouragement, you know, the invitation from you. It's wonderful. We we recorded uh, Rainbow Connection together, and I I had heard you you know, you sing it and and loved you the way you sang the song. Thanks. It was the, again and again. I always say the best thing about doing what we do for a living is you don't have to give up your fan card <laughs> to do it. And yeah. and uh, I walked in into that session already a, a big big fan. Great, thank you. And uh, and you know and, and, and I mean my work at ASCAP, I you know I'm I'm you know caught up in the business of it and all of it, but I'm sitting there and, I, and I'll look across the room and go you know that's that's Quincy Jones wow (laughs) you know it's it's still there it's still there yeah I I probably I have to ask this for all the aspiring singers and songwriters who are sitting out there and tuning into this to listen to you to you both but Jason's good you're the guest today what do you say to them because you've really done this your way you know I mean you've done this you've gotten a very very high level but, mm-hmm. you've, but you've done it on your terms, mm-hmm. and you've done it with a lot of purity. Mm-hmm. And, and what would you say to those people out there who may not have the tarot card reader, or they may not have the guy sitting, sure. and they may not have your inner strength and, and your convictions? Mm. 
Um, I guess I should be that, that palm reader for them, you know, listen to the heart. Um, I heard Sting say at a music hairs dinner, he said, music is its own reward. And I took that to heart. I said, that's right. Like always love the music, love the music. And uh, if you're just starting out, love the music love the music love the music love what it is you love about the music if it's writing love the writing if it's singing love the singing and do as much of it as you can um, there are many different places to do it i i personally love doing it in front of humans i wouldn't just say turn on your camera and do it in front of youtube get out there and connect with some real people and create fans because if 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 we're talking to songwriters or musicians here um fans are are, are going to help you put food on the table your listeners your your followers um and when you're writing when you're singing be you you you've come to this planet you you were put together to be like no one else like no one yet as a human you have this ability to relate to the other human beings so through your authentic expression by singing your truth other humans will recognize that truth and it will tap into their truth and you want to make a huge difference in this world. Um, as a new songwriter, I'd say write about everything you can so that your writing muscle is very strong and so that when you have the opportunity to sing a profound truth, it's there for you. If you just sit around and wait for only something profound, you may not be up, your, your craft may not be, your pencil may not be very sharp. Yeah, so I, it's important to write everything so that when that real emotion hits, that truth, that, that real need to write and express something comes, you're ready for it. It's very elegant, That's, very elegant master class you just experienced. No, that, that, is, that is great advice. And, that, and I tell people that about, I don't write songs, but I've, I've been a writer for 27 years, books and films, and I always tell people, just write. You know, they, you know, don't just sit around there waiting, and they'll say, "Well, it's not going to be good enough." And good enough for what? It's the right. it's the Malcolm Gladwell ten thousand hours there of you experience. Right. You know, you just sit down every day, and if what you write is crap, okay, well, maybe there's one sentence, or maybe there's one thought, or then the next day you pick it up and you redo it. But you just get in that habit of writing. That's but you right. see, I also think again, journaling comes in like that. Even if you write in a journal, I used to tell young kids, just write in a journal every day. Write five pages of your life every day. That's right. There's truth in there. That's right. When I was in New York, um, just playing guitar for the first time, I was 18, not going to school. I found a book called um, The Artist's Way, Julia Cameron. All right. Yeah. Sure. And the first chapter was write, just write. Morning pages. Morning pages. Ten Morning minutes, pages. two pages or ten minutes, whatever I did happens. Them. I did them too. And that really got me started as a writer. Before that, I was just making things up. It, it was incoherent. I just love to sing. But that's really what got me started as a writer. And it does work. It does work. It does work. And, and the trick about morning pages is turn the page. Don't read it. Don't judge yourself immediately. Exactly. Wait three months, six months. Wait ten years to read it. Because if, we, if you judge yourself immediately... You're going to tell yourself you're a horrible writer and you're not going to write tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. 
through. I the love page. the uh, and the what is the word that I use the most sitting here? Authenticity. The authenticity. Authenticity. Authenticity, mm. authenticity is key. That it's it's what we have in common, you know, that that is going to connect it all. But it has to come from the, the headwaters of your very you know your life experience. That's right. Your soul, your heart, and all. And and the, I think a song is a is a success because people go, oh, I heard myself in that. Mm-hmm. It's not what it's not something uniquely different about any of any of us as writers, but what we have in common with the listener. It's, That's right. It's our family of man mm. connecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Mm. What a treat to have you here, man. Thank you. Yeah, it's oh, just pleasure to be here yeah, with you guys. Exactly. Thank Patrick. Talk. Thank Patrick for helping to put this together for us. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. I've I'm currently on a hiatus, uh, but I. I was a big yes to this. That's you were very for sure. sweet to do this. Yeah. In closing, we have to. We just have to ask this: What is Jason Mraz the most grateful for? And I know that's a big question. It is because you put the most in it. All right, I'll yeah. take the most out today. Yeah. I'll just say, what is Jason? Hand Jay- me that like, most. I'll hold right, it. I'll, oh, you hold right, the most. I got most. We don't have to Donnie, you wait it. over here. Donnie. All right, give oh. the most to Stacy, our producer, and and uh, Stacy's holding the most. What is Jason oh. Raz grateful for? Well, now that you put it that way, you made my most sound like it was my beloved, and I should <laughs> mention her. Man, oh. I am so grateful to have a life partner who feeds me not just the most delicious food, but um, she feeds me the, her gratitude. Mm. She shows up with, she has a smile for me every time I see her. She always, always, always has a smile for me. And that is, that's a gift, man. That's like, that's like walking outside and a bird always having a song for you, if that Aww. were, if that were possible. It, it is, I just am so blessed. I mean, I've had a blessed career, but now I have a blessed life, a household, a blessed a moment to moment I am blessed by her and and she is a um, example of service I mean she even had a cafe for seven years where she just loved to serve people she knew what everyone wanted to eat and drink and knew their names and always had a smile for them and I said wow I gotta find me a girl just like her and I looked all over the world trying to find a girl just like her come to find out I should just ask her I should just ask her out, and it worked, <laughs> and it worked. Someone like you, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, she's who I she's who I am most grateful for right now. Because while I was doing my chores, she she made my tea and my smoothie. She's like, "Have a great day, dear. I'll see you tonight." Such a good feeling. Oh, I love that. And uh, and she inspires me then to be out in the world and and to show up for you guys and be as and to to be my best here. And I'm gonna go have lunch with my manager after this, who I haven't seen in many months. And I told him on the phone. He said, "What are you grateful for today?" I said, "I'm grateful that I'm gonna go hang out with Paul. And I'm gonna go, go see you and have lunch with you and it's these experiences." So my gratitude is is ongoing it's it's a day-to-day thing that's why it's hard for me to no, say of course most. it is and it changes every there's days you're grateful for different things yeah there are days you're grateful for different things but then yeah. there are those core things like the people you love your yeah your family your kids your yeah. you know if you have them your spouse your significant other and, and just being healthy and being able to give back and show up and do yes. what you love that's a big one too yes and if you're listening out there and you can't think you ever find yourself you can't think of something to be grateful for take a deep breath yeah breath Breath, because breath is what we are here to do. When we're first born, we take a breath. Before we leave, we take a breath or we exhale. It's the last thing we do. So our entire life is just made up of breathing. 
and all these other experiences we're going to have while we're breathing. It's why I like singing because it's it's a breath exercise. It a breath it's a breath experience. It's it's communicating with the breath directly to make something magic happen. And so if you're if you're la- if you're looking for something to be grateful for, take a deep breath because that's really what connects us to the right now, yeah. to our living moment. We can't breathe yesterday and we can't take a breath tomorrow. We can only breathe right this now. Perfect uh, now. This perfect now. And now is the only time that really is certain. This perfect now mm. allows a little bit more to happen. Mm. This perfect now. I just made that up. Nice. Really? Yeah. Come on. Let's finish that finish, one. You got it. Yeah. Give us something to do. Hey, please. Well, I'm grateful for Jason Mraz. Thank you for well, showing up today you, and Tracy. sharing your wisdom with us. Because this was, I think, I don't want to upset anyone. This might be my favorite episode of oh, Gratitude yeah, and Trust, yeah. the well, podcast. We love you. We love you and all of you and are you're listening. And you're doing a lot for the planet and a lot for everybody. And, and bless you, really. Thank you very much. It's grateful to be here. Yeah, it's a joy. Thanks, for everybody, for listening. Thank you, can, you guys. Yeah, you can download on iTunes and Podcast One and... and uh, Right now, I am loving my life. Go out there today and be grateful. Love back the people who love you. Let them know it and do something for the planet. Blessings and thanks. Blessings and thanks. You give a little love and it all comes back to you. You know you're going to be remembered for the things that you say and do.